Yes, Lord. You know what, if, if you can feel his presence in this place, just just invite him in your own life. Just tap into what he's doing. Just begin to welcome him into your heart. Begin to just thank him for even revealing himself to you. Father, that you are so able You are so worthy. Bless you, Jesus. Okay. So I'm Pastor Steve. If any of you don't know, it's your first time here. Welcome to Vision Ministries. If you don't know, um, something that God likes to do is Jesus is always show and tell. Right? He always showed and then he told. Or he told. So as I was in the back, I began to see some people that I felt like God was pointing out. And um, I just want to share some stuff with them. Is that okay? Yeah. Pastor Ben, I may need you in the sound room. Um, oh, there you are. What's your name? Nicole. Um, as I was standing in back, I saw two hands over your head and they had a crown. And they put them on your head. And I saw two men come, and they tried to steal that crown from you. And I saw two angels come, and they stood between you and what I would consider to be the world. And they said, she's mine. And I feel like God wants to bring healing, not only physical healing, but emotional healing. Because there's a difference between what happens in your brain and what happens in your mind, which is your soulless realm, your mind, will, and emotions. And I believe that the Father is calling you his queen. He's calling you royalty. You've had your name called out a lot of times, but God calls you by what he looks at you as, is greater than you could ever see yourself. Do you like red rubies? They're all in that crown. That's her birthstone if you didn't hear her. Because he said, that's, that's I, I've called you out. I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. I placed a crown on your head. The world will try and steal it from you, but I will continually place it on your head because I will know you will continually put it at my feet because your heart is soft and it's pliable and it's moldable and he loves you and he wants you to know that you have such a great sphere of influence, such a great audience that you can reach out to, that the enemy will try and lie to you and tell you that you can't go back and reach into those that you love, that you know, that need what you found. And that's why he's placed your birthstone in your crown so you can take, you can take that birthstone out and see and say, see, Jesus knew me before my, I was formed in my mother's womb and you can hand those out. You can give those to people. Is that good? Jesse? 
I see you with, with a hammer like Thor. And I see you like the heart of justice and righteousness deep inside of you. And I see you going to the hard ground. And because the enemy has tried to make your life so hard and so rocky and the ground such cement, it would be like a hammer that nobody else could carry that the Father has given you, that you would go and you would destroy the hard and rocky ground. Because the rock of offense lives inside of you. Jesus, the King of glory, lives inside of you, and the power that's inside of you is greater than any power that could be in this world. And what he's doing is he's taking that ability that he put inside of himself, he placed it in you, and now like with that lightning, he's coming down that Jesus said he would have fire in his eyes, he would have a sword in his mouth. That you would be able to go out, even when the enemy tries to attack you and tells you that you're not able, you're not, you're not capable, you aren't good enough, you're not well enough, you, the, everything that your past has with you, you can't do it, you can't, all the things that you hear every single day, the enemy's saying, or God is saying the enemy, they're going to stop right now in Jesus' name. Today they're going to stop. Today when the enemy comes in, the, the God will raise up a standard. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Father will raise up a standard. And when he raises up a standard, it's like he's holding back the walls and you begin to break down the hard ground. And as as you walk and you break up the hard ground, he's going to walk behind you and he's going to begin to throw seed. Seed. Because what you're planting, what you plant, you will sow, you will reap. Because you're breaking up the hard ground and you're, you're, you're planting life, that seed will go into good soil and then you'll reap life. Not, in, not only in your own life, but in other people's lives. Does that make sense? Jesus. Jonas. see you, I see you standing, but I see like barbed wire all around you. It's not hurting you, but it's around you. And the father's walking up to you and saying, Jonas, you can't preserve yourself anymore. You can't protect yourself anymore. You can't hide anymore. Like a sword of fire, he's taking it, he's just cutting it. It's not hurting you because you're not you're not, it's not being attack, used to attack you. You're using it to protect yourself. And now he's taking a sword. He's cutting it. And now it's just, whew. You'll understand your freedom when you step outside the barbed wire that you placed around yourself. Because you'll begin, it's like where the, where the streets of gold are as clear as crystal in heaven. You'll begin, you can't see the street because it's so clear, but you'll begin to walk on it. And every time you walk on it, the pavement will become evident to you. Every step will become evident to you. Every step you take because you step out in faith, because you walk outside of your capability. You walk outside of your realm of influence and you walk into God's realm of influence. And every step is like, you ever see those games where, where, you, where you do the dancing and every time you step, the, 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 your footstep lights up a different color? Because every time you take a step, it's going to open a different door. Every time you take a step, it's going to open a different authority. Every time you take a step, it's going to open for you to be able to speak into different people's lives. But you got, now that he's cut that away, and you can feel the freedom. I can feel it. I can feel it. Feel it. When, it when it cut, it was like, whew, 
It's like, wow. Does that make sense? Amen. All right, so power of God is something that's very, um, very special to me. It's something that means a lot to me. It's something that um, when we talk about it, I try to make it as clear as possible. I will try and exp- as make what I'm talking about as clear as possible. Um, for some of you who don't know, before I got saved, the reason when I, what I was in before was very much on the demonic side of the, of the power of the world. My father was involved in the occult. We, we were involved in very many occultic things. Um, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit over in that hallway, and it was a, I radically got saved, and he radically grabbed a hold of me, and he radically decided to engulf me in, in, uh, in the prophetic life. So when we talk about the power of God, my heart is that you would go greater or deeper than anything that I've done, anything, any place I've been, anything that I've seen, because that's what the body of Christ is to do. It's so that you can go further than where you are. It's not to make you like me because I can't be like you. I don't want you to be like me. I want you to be like him. Paul said that, you know, follow me as I follow Christ, right? So when I talk about the power of God, it grips a hold of the deepest parts of my being because it's been so perverted, it's been so twisted whether it's by the church or by the world. So I'm going to do my best today to share with you what I feel like God has given me. The um, title to this word is, You May Need to Check Your Strategy. And anybody who's been in the street, when you're walking up to somebody or somebody's walking up to you, and you know that they're coming to do harm to you, something you may say to them is, you need to check your strategy. And I feel like that's what the Father is saying to us. Is today we might need to check our strategy. Here's some thoughts. You you may need to check your strategy if. If your thoughts outweigh God's. You may need to check your strategy if. I don't care how this turns out. I'm still doing doing it my way. You may need to check your strategy if even crazy people look at you crazy when you talk. (laughs) People tell me I do crazy things. If I look at you crazy when you're saying something to me, you may need to check your strategy. You may need to check your strategy if the Bible is not your source for direction. You may need to check your strategy if you're looking to man for a sense of wholeness and not God. You may need to check your strategy if you're looking for a sense of wholeness from man and not God. So what does this have to do with power? It has everything to do with power. Okay, if you've got your Bibles today, I want you to turn to Acts 10, 31 through 38. And I'm going to read this to you. And I was a good boy, and I got all my notes to Pastor Josh. Good boy, good boy. (laughs) 
to preface this scripture at the beginning, before uh, Acts 10.31, if you don't already know the scripture, Paul was on the roof of a house, and he, had a, he went into a trance, and God gave him basically a vision of a sheet coming down, and all different types of animals being inside of the sheet, and God basically tell him, do not call unclean what I have called clean. And then an angel came to him and said, there are three men at the door, and they're here to speak with you, and I want you to go. Okay? It said, this is when Paul gets to Cornelius' house, and Cornelius replied, four days ago I was praying in my house about the same time, three o'clock in the afternoon, and suddenly a man dazzling with clothes was standing in front of me. He told me, Cornelius, your prayers have been heard, and your gifts to the poor have been noticed by God. Now send messengers to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying in the home of Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. So I sent for you at once, and it was good for you to come. Now we are all there waiting for God to hear the message of the Lord he has given you. Verse 34, if I can get it to go down. Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. If you're taking notes or have a highlighter, highlight verse 35. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened through Judea, beginning in Galilee, and the John began preaching his message of baptism, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Of course, that word power in this, in this verse is deutimus. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Here are two main powers that can be broken down simply put by God's power and the devil's power. One is always greater, yet we allow the lesser to rule in our lives. The word power is deutimus. The word oppressed is a derivative of deutimus. Two powers. One will make you whole. One will destroy you. And that's why it says the Holy Spirit, God, Gave Jesus the Holy Spirit and power. Then Jesus went around healing all who would be oppressed by the devil. I don't know if he's got the Greek word up there that I will not be able to pronounce correctly. Huh? Okay. So the first one, katanasteo. And if we've got any Greek scholars in the house, hook a brother up. <laughs> that word oppressed means to overpower. We know what deutimus means. We've been teaching on it for the last three weeks. That, this Greek word means for somebody or a group of people to basically jump someone, to overwhelm someone, to overpower them. And this is what we allow the enemy to do to us. Right? That's why I put the devil is one, but we always, yet we always allow the lesser to rule in our lives. We always allow the oppressor to have full reign when we've been given ability from the one who came to give us life and power. So what I'm going to do here, here's a little quote for you. Jesus came to empower you. Satan came to overpower you. Choose this day 
We know. We have got all the, the brain knowledge. I can't keep this for myself. What's that lady's name? Dr. Carol Leaf. She's been doing um, studies of the brain for like 30 years. She is a, but she believes in biblical, um, the biblical basis behind coinciding with science. And something that, that she said is that we take our brain, our mind, and we think they're the same, but they're not. Brain, where we think at, our mind is our mind, our will, and emotions. It's our soulish realm. What does Jesus come to save? Jesus comes to save our soul. He comes to save our soulish realm. So our soulish realm, our mind, is not a part of our brain. So we allow the enemy to come in and overpower our brain, which overpowers our soul, which overpowers our mind, our will, and emotions. We get thoughts, and what do we do? We let our mind, our will, and emotions come in, and we begin to allow that to overtake our lives, right? Right? We have, been, we have been put in a category because of things we hear in our brain. You're this, you're that. You, you're dealing with this, you're dealing with that. You have this problem, you have that problem, okay? Because our brain grabs a hold of the words that are spoken over our lives when the Bible says that you have power of life and death in your tongue. But where is the tongue? What is the tongue? Soulish realm. Mind, will, and emotions. Because it's a sense. The brain, so we're taking something that Jesus came to save and we're allowing it to be overcome by something that is in a physical realm in our brain. Right? This is just a shell. We say it all the time. Right? We have our brain and our bodies and this will fade away and our souls will go to heaven and we'll be with Jesus. So why are we letting something that will fade away override something that will be eternal? Something that Peter said in, when he was talking to Cornelius that I asked you in verse 35 to highlight is in every nation he accepts those who fear him and do what is right or what is righteous. If you turn to Isaiah 11, 1 through 3, this is talking about Jesus. He says, Then a shoot will spring up from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. If we quickly reference Exodus 32, does anybody know what Exodus 32 is? What happened in Exodus 32? Anybody? Aaron and the Israelites in the desert built the golden calf. Did anybody know what they named the golden calf? It says it in the, it says it in the scripture. They named it God. They named it Yahweh. So Moses who was in the place with God, who was on the mountain with God, and I'm going to tie all this together, but Moses, who was on the mountain with God, 
Aaron and the people were in the valley making an idol. They named God because they were too afraid that God had left them because they allowed what? They allowed thoughts to come in. It affected their brain, affected their soulish realm. It attacked their ability to be able to know. They forgot everything that happened in the, in the wilderness. And, they began, and then they made a golden calf and they said, we're going to name it God. How many times have we done this? How many times have we seen God move, whether it be financially, whether it be physically, whether it be jobs, whether it be with family, and we know God is real, and then we set a golden calf up because of something that we heard because we forgot that God is able. When instead of understanding that God was able and, and telling that thing, look, you need to check your strategy, son. We are inner city body. Some of us may not be inner city, but some of us know that when somebody rushes you in the street, you back up, check your strategy. The enemy has been trying to take tolls in every single one of your lives. I guarantee you there's not one of you in here who can say that there's not been some sort of attack on your life in the last month. And every single one of us at one point or another, myself including, have allowed the enemy to come in and do whatever the heck he wants to do, and we build up a golden calf, and we call it self. Instead of going up on the mountain and understanding that God in his magnificent, wonderful power, that he is able, instead of going up and making the trek that we need to trek to, making the trek that we need to do to get up to that mountaintop, we stay down in the valley, and we build another God, and we we name it God, but we put ourselves in that place. And I think that's why Peter said, this was a gift to Israel, but only those who fear him and walk in righteousness. Wouldn't we want the very thing that Jesus would want? The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He would delight in his Father. I'm not telling you to be afraid of God. I'm telling you to get to a point to where you can't be without God. That is a very simple way to understand the fear of the Lord. It's not that I fear my Heavenly Father. I just can't be without Him. So we're building a foundation here. We're building, so we talk about deutimous power. We talk about what the power of God is, right? Okay, we're building a foundation of so many times we've talked about this is what God does, right? We work in signs and wonders and miracles. This is what God wants to do. So I'm building a foundation of what, what we do as a body to move into being able to fully function in the power of God, right? So we have a fear of the Lord. We get to a point where we no longer function out of fear of God because he might smite us. But we're getting to a point to where we fear God to a point to where we can't be without him. So it causes us to be in love with him and it causes us to walk in an area of righteousness that would be right standing with God. Okay? So as we move on, I was driving for work and I got this, this, this quote in my head. Or I felt like God kind of dropped in my spirit. It says, 
Dudamus is knowledge and action, which is wisdom, who is Christ. Who cries out to heaven and return, the Father gives a response. The power of the Father is knowledge and action, which is wisdom, who is Christ. Who cries out to heaven, in return, the Father gives a response. What I didn't know is there's scriptural basis to back that up. Because you're driving down the turnpike and you, you, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll get something dropped in and I'll pull out my phone, I'll record it, and I'll go back to it. So 1 Corinthians one twenty four. Do you have that, Ms. Sherry? Okay. But to, those who call, but, but to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ, who is the power of God and the wisdom of God. The foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans, and God's weakest is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Are you grabbing a hold of that? The very thing, when we came into a relationship with Christ, when we came into and asked Jesus into our heart, and Jesus came to us, and he gave us a portion of his spirit, right? The scripture talks about when you have salvation and you have Christ come into your life, you get the Holy Spirit is in you, right? Not yet baptism of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is in you. It's knowledge and action, which is wisdom, who is Christ. So you gain a knowledge of Christ, right? You gain, you gain knowledge, you gain under, like an, a, 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 an understanding of the word, but Christ in you becomes wisdom of the word and becomes him crying out on you, right? And when he cries out of you, your spirit connects with the Father's spirit in heaven. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in you. And then that gives a response. Right? Is that making sense to everybody? Am I losing some folks? I apologize. Let's make this simplify this. Jesus came to empower you. Satan came to overpower you. Let's simplify <laughs> But something that will stop this from happening. This is a process. This is the process of salvation, moving into gifts, moving into walking in power, and walking into the, the ability of what God has for you, okay? So it says, if your humanity outweighs or outshines God's deity, you leave no room for his deutimus. If you outshine the knowledge and wisdom who is Christ inside of you, then you close the door for the power of God to move in and through you. Right? We have allowed us, our lives, we've allowed who we are, we've allowed what we want, we've allowed the things that we think are important to us to override what is the most important. I, I, I'm, I will make a promise to you today. If you allow God's deity to outshine your humanity, the majority of the problems that we deal with will begin to fade away. If we get outside of the way of God, if we stop letting our humanity, which is demonic in and of itself because it's humanism and because Satan said, I will make myself like God, and what did God do to Satan when he cast him out of, uh, when he said that? He cast him out of heaven. 
So if we get out of the way and we let him outshine us, this will leave the room for healing, deliverance, freedom, all the different things that God is able to do through his dudamous power. Right? All right, so hopefully I've built a foundation for you in what God wants to do, and hopefully I've built a foundation for you in what God is able to do and the things that we need to do, which is have a fear of the Lord and live in righteousness, get out of the way, let God have his way so that he can do what he wants to do in us so that we can quit whining and complaining about everything going wrong and our lives being a hell in a handbasket. Can we keep it plain? So, now that we've gotten past that point, now that we've gotten past all of that and we're mo- we, we've built this foundation, right? There are five derivatives of the word dunamis, okay? Dunamis, all of these words, the cool thing about all of these words is they all point back to dunamis. They all point back to the ability to perform power, to achieve, to apply power through God's ability. They all point back to him. Redemption. Everything that we do should always point back to him. Right? Every action that we take should always point back to him. Right? Even if it's not spoken, when we do things in our heart, why are we doing them? It should point back to him. Okay? So... The first word is, it's in the Greek, if you, I don't know, uh, it's called cognate. And I know that there's, that's a, a Latin word also, but I don't, you know. Say that again? No, cognate, 1410. Oh, dy- sorry. Yeah, dynamis, sorry. There's something in there that shouldn't be there. Um, in the Greek, 1410, to show ability, power, able, by God. Okay, so... This is what I put here is coming into a soulless realm to have desire of God's power empowerment for you, okay? Because this is God's power for you. This is him reaching into you and you grabbing a hold of it and then you being able to do or walk out the Christian life, right? So what happens is, is that we are functioning Christians, okay? In the world, you sometimes hear functioning alcoholics, functioning drug addicts. We are, or we could be, I don't want to speak that over anybody, but we could tend to be functioning Christians. We walk through life, we say we're Christians, we know all the words, we do all the stuff, but nobody knows it. How many, time, how many people have you been to work with that are functioning alcoholics? They work their job 40, 60, 80 hours a week, but they're drunk the majority of the time. They fake it really good, and until they get caught, which some of us have to get caught in order for people to find out that we're really Christians, nobody really knows that they're an alcoholic. When we allow God to empower us, we come out from underneath being a functioning Christian 
and we walk into our soulish realm, which is not always a bad realm because that's the place that God came to save us. That's the place that he grabbed a hold of our mind, our will, and emotions so he could use us to come alongside of him so that we could be a witness for him. So if you go to Matthew 9, 28, I'm not sure if it's up there. It said, when he had gone indoors, the blind man came to him and asked him, do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Something I want you to grab a hold of. When he had gone indoors, the blind man came to him. So, Earl, stand up for me. Earl is Jesus. He walks into a house. I walk, I'm the blind man. I walk to Jesus. Does that not imply that I want something? But Jesus said, do you believe I can do this? He wanted him to tell him, not just come to him. He didn't just want body action, he wanted heart action. He wanted him to actually speak what he wanted out of his mouth. So many, so many of us come up and they say, that we come up, like say, let's come to the altar, we come up and God's saying, what do you want? I'm here, God. And God's saying, what do you want? And he says, do you believe that I can do this? Okay, you're here. But do you believe? This is, this, is, this is the first part. This is God showing in his ability that he is able. But sometimes us showing up isn't enough. Sometimes he wants us to tell him. I would ask my wife, but she's not here. Ladies, how much is it? For, for as husbands, for us just to show up. Is it good enough? We need to be able to read your mind. We need to be able to know when we show up, that isn't good enough. We need to be able to know that when we walk in the house and we see you at the kitchen sink, that in your heart, some of us are this, some are this way, some are not, but in your heart, you're saying, I just want him to show interest. <laughs> right, right. Some of us, it's just, hey, come to the sink and just take over. Wow. <laughs> some, some is, just come in and just say you love me. Isn't that what daddy's saying to us? He, he says, I know I'm able, but I want to hear it. I know I'm able, and I know I'm willing, and I know you walked in the room. But isn't that what Jesus said? Do you believe? Do you think I'm able to do this? Well, there, a blind man is walking up to the king of kings and lord of lords because he wants to be healed, and Jesus is still saying, let me hear it. Tell me. 
I can see some ladies in here. Tell me you love me. Tell me you want, you, you want me in your life. You just coming home from work, being in the house, doesn't tell me that you love me. It just tells me that you're home. And I'm saying this from a man's perspective, so, okay? So you can, you can take that for uh, however you want to take it. Hey, that's how I learned it. I, I, I got some good home training. All right, so we're going to go to 1412. This is a, the, the Greek word uh, dynamo, to empower. How much time do I got? When do I need to be done by? How long? Ten more minutes? Okay. All right, we're going to fly through this. I was hoping this wouldn't happen, but here we go. Okay. So 14.12, to empower, to make able, okay? To begin to, to have an awareness of God's power in you. Hebrews 11.33 and 34, okay? Who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreigners away, or foreign armors, armies. This is the scripture that this word uses when it talks about God empowering, right? To begin to have an awareness of God's power in you, okay? We had the first one, real quick. having a desire to have God's empowerment, right? Jesus wanted to, to understand that you had the desire to have an empowerment through him, in him. This is to being aware of, of, to have an awareness of God's power in you, right? Desire, awareness in you. I'm skipping 1411 because that's, the, all of these point back to, Right? Dionostus, okay? To steward God's power. If you go to Acts uh, 26 through 31, what it should say up there is dual kingdoms. I'm going to paraphrase this. An angel came to, to Philip. There was a eunuch who was driving down the road who was empowered, human power, right? He was given authority. He was given authority by men to be able to go to different places to do whatever he does, okay? Paul was given authority from heaven to be transported to a certain place to take authority and baptize the eunuch, right? So you have two different empower, you have the same word, but empowerments of two different kingdoms. We allow the empowerment of the earthly kingdom to outrule and outweigh the empowerment of a heavenly kingdom, when, Paul came, when Pete or Philip came in to an earthly atmosphere, he was transported. Do you get this? Philip was transported away. He came to this guy, he was transported, right? And he knew that the empowerment, the dionestis of this empowerment, the authority he was given was greater than the authority that the eunuch had in the, in the carriage. So he began to reveal to him the power of the scriptures, the, the, the eunuch said, and what, what's stopping me from being baptized right now? 
So to steward God's power, we have that God is able, right? I'm going to keep forgetting them, but able, come into, and then to steward God's power is what Philip was doing. So when we walk into another kingdom, we walk out of this place, we go into our workplace, we go into our homes, we begin to steward God's power, we begin to allow God to tell us what it is that we're supposed to be doing versus allowing the earthly kingdom to tell us what it's supposed to be doing. I'm not talking about rebellion against an earthly kingdom, okay? That is not what I'm saying. I am not saying that you go to your workplace and you mouth off to your boss. That's called rebellion, okay? That's called being a smart aleck, that's called being rude. What I am saying is that when you walk into a place, I'll give you an example. I'm at my job. One of the ladies that I work with, she's been having massive stomach pains, right? Every time I see her and we talk, I pray for her, no matter where we're at. If it's in her office, it's at the counter. She comes back, she says, they found out what's wrong with me, all the pain's gone. Understanding what kingdom I'm taking with me and what kingdom I'm in. I went to a customer. I'm in his kingdom, if you will. He says, my knee is bad. Pray for him. He's, he's going to the doctors to see what's going on, okay? I didn't have enough time to stand around and see what happened, but I understood the kingdom that I took with me. I understand the power, right, that I'm stewarding that I took with me. These are all parts of Deutimus. These are all your part of Deutimus. These are our parts of Deutimus. These are what we do. This is not just what God gives us, but this is what we take with us and we steward and we take a hold of and we reveal to the world. So we're not just, what, it, what is it called? Functioning alcoholics. So we're not just functioning Christians. So we actually do what we know and we take what we know with us. Last one, I think. Dianato, okay? To exert, overwhelm, unstoppable power. To be able, under attack in God's power. So, what this is, if we go, let me see, we got Romans 14.4. It says, who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master. Servants stand and fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Okay, you've got 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times have all that you need, and you will abound in every good work as it is written. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor and in their righteous endeavors forever. I'm going too far. And now he who supplies the seed of the sower of the bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. And you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous and over occasion and thought as your generosity will result in thanksgiving for God. When life is too much, when things feel like you can't take it anymore, that's what this is, Dianato. When understanding that the power that is in you will give you the strength to do every good work that he's called you to do. So when you begin to 
walk in this, this is all to show you all the aspects of Deutimus, which is the empowerment to come in you. So what I want you to understand, because I'm going to cut it short here because I think Sorry, I don't usually have this much. Okay, so all of these parts, all of these words are a breakdown of due to miss, which is the power that's living and active, sharper and double-edged any sword that divides soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It's the, part, it's the power that when you go to pray for people and they get healed. But I felt like what God wanted to do today was give you an understanding, give you a foundation that you could grab a hold of and say, I can come alongside God and do what he's asking me to do. So many times, life tries to crush us. Jesus is trying to empower us and Satan is trying to overcome us. And we let Satan overcome us and we forget that God has made us able to walk in the power of Deutimus that he's given us. Right? So my whole goal here was this morning was to build a foundation to show you that he's made you able. And in being able, he is able. Because when we get out of the way and we let him take over, we become able. Go ahead and stand up with me. So if you felt like If you felt like this Deutimus thing, it's all good and dandy. Some of you guys, you pray for people, they get healed. Some of you guys, God tells you stuff, you get to tell them. That's cool. That's good for you. But that's just not me. Well, that's everybody. Because Jesus said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, right? Go into all nations, preach the gospel of the kingdom. So if you felt like I'm just not able. I'm just not capable. The enemy's been lying to you, just, just trying to get you to a point. Because if you can get past this point, you can walk into the point where Deutimus becomes empowering to, the way, to where you can walk out of this place and go, wait a minute, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm capable. God has entrusted me with the power of heaven on earth to go out and be a representative for him. So if that's you, I want to I encourage you. I want to I invite you up. I want you to come up, and I want you to just begin to just talk to the Father. I want to pray for you. I know that there's a prayer team here. If that's you where you felt like I am just feeling incapable of receiving or doing some of the things that I either read in the Word or I hear people talk about, that's just so far outside of my realm. I can't even wrap my brain around it. I felt like that. 
I'm, I'm, I was speaking to myself. I've, I've, I've been in that place. And it's okay to be in that place. I just bind fear in Jesus' name, fear of man, fear of failure, because it's already starting. He's doing it right now. We're allowing the one who wants to imprison us and overcome us to override the one who wants to empower us. He's trying to do it right now. See, I feel it shift. I could hear it. What are you going to say? Well, if you go up there, what are they going to do? We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray that God empowers you and takes away the lies of the enemy. Okay, so I'll do this the way that I normally do it then. Sir, what's your name? Say it again. Terry. Terry, God has empowered you more than you ever know. You don't feel like it, okay? Sometimes you feel like when you walk into a church like this, people are judging you, people are trying to come against you. You feel like you're just all alone, right? Right? Well, you've walked into a place, right, where sometimes, sometimes it's like, I mean, I've, I've seen people come up to you today because I've been watching you, but see, like when he came in, you got introduced by EJ, you came with EJ, okay? Well, he wants to empower you, okay? He wants you to know that you can walk fully in the fullness of what, he's, what he has for you outside of just the little space that you have been in, okay? Because I know I've seen it. I can see it like where, where you've been in places and you're just like, I'm going to hold my own and I'm not going to let anybody know. Does that make sense? Okay, so, but he's saying you don't have to hold your own because I've made you able. In him, he's made you able so that you can walk out of here and not just be functioning, but you can be effective. So when you're in this place, God just doesn't want you to be functioning. He wants you to be effective. world is affecting and it's infiltrating the church when we should be affecting and infiltrating the world if you're a part of the prayer team I want to encourage you to come up we're going to start praying for people if you feel anything, if you need prayer for anything else if you need prayer for healing in your body if you need prayer for I see rotator cuffs have been having problems. If you need prayer in your rotator cuffs. Pinched nerve. There's more pinched nerves. I feel like there's, there's people who have a cyst, like actually grown cysts that need to be healed. If not, I want to encourage you just to lift these brothers and sisters up in prayer. We're just going to begin to pray for people.